Hello and welcome to series three of Share Your Secrets, a podcast that this series highlights the importance of bringing people together with food. We're Bounce Back Food CIC, a social enterprise fighting food poverty on multiple fronts. Our community cookery school teams teach people to cook, run food bank drives at market events, help people get jobs in the food sector and coordinate community meal drives that provide emergency meals for our beneficiaries. This winter, our teams in Manchester, London, Newcastle, Bradford and Birmingham have been batch cooking and distributing meals to those most in need of support as part of our collective efforts to tackle the cost of living crisis this winter. In the third series of our podcast, you'll hear from the people and organisations involved in our outreach work and we'll keep you up to date with the development of bounce back teams in different locations. So, this week on Share Your Secrets, we're in Dudley talking to Grace Namwanje about cooking and mindfulness. And a couple of the participants from Crayheart share what those cookery classes mean to them. We also heard from Joe Gordon from My Sister's Kitchen in Sunderland, and also Teresa Smear at St Vincent's Centre, who told us all about Vinnie's and who the meals will help. But before all of that, I spoke to Duncan and asked him to give us an update on what's been going on. We've been doing meal drives in lots of different UK cities. Um, and so as well as our team in Manchester, we've been cooking and distributing food in London, in the southeast, building on work that we've done to distribute food in Birmingham and Newcastle and Sunderland uh, and Bradford as well. So, yeah, lots going on with the distribution of meals. And thanks once again to everyone who's pledged via the crowdfunding campaign. So what's been going on since we last caught up? What has the start of 2023 looked like? So loads across our different community cookery school teams and actually ways in which people can get involved as well. So we've just launched applications for our annual social enterprise internship programme. So this is geared towards people that are interested in getting experience, like work experience in the charitable sector. Um, So specifically this year, we're looking for people who are wanting to develop a career in marketing, events, publishing, graphic design, web development, um, or indeed if they're wanting to become a chef. Um, So there's six paid work experience roles available for people to join our team for two weeks in summer. And it's the sixth year that we've run the programme. It's been a fantastic way to offer people experience within the charitable sector and um, over the years as well, some of the people who've completed the program have have ended up joining our community cookery school teams as well. So it's a fantastic opportunity for anyone that's interested in developing a career in the charitable sector. And if you go back to series one of Share Your Secrets, you can hear from some of the interns that really benefited from their time with Bounce Back. So that's geared towards young people at the start of their career. What else has launched recently? So we've also just launched applications for our Food Poverty Innovation Award as well. So this is a a cash grant, £250, um, but also startup support and mentoring from our team for an early stage social entrepreneur or someone who's setting up a charity, um, a pre-existing community group or also a charity as well that's already set up. So we're we're open to applications from, from anyone really. And the Innovation Award goes towards someone who is trying to tackle food poverty in their community and wants to test something new, wants to test a new idea, a new approach, um, wants to bring people together through food. We're interested to hear from everyone. um, And you can apply for the Food Poverty Innovation Award via our website. And not only that, the crowdfunder is still open. 
That's right, yeah. So the campaign will now be open until the end of March. Our teams will be cooking and distributing meals up until the end of that that time period. So it kind of made sense to extend the campaign. And so people are more than welcome to continue pledging towards our fundraising efforts in that respect. Um, Over 15,000 meals so far have been pledged on the campaign page. So a huge thank you to everyone who's, who's got behind this. It's having a massive impact um, on the communities where we're distributing the meals. And again, across our social media channels on the website, there's more information about what our teams are doing, how you can get involved as an individual, um, opportunities for like corporates to work with us as well. And yeah, this year we're, we're going to be starting to work more closely with restaurants on a local level. So for all of that and, and more, visit our website. Um, the blog has all of the latest news with our community cookery school teams. Brilliant. There's so much going on. I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks, Mim. Grace Namwande is the GP social prescribing link worker for Dudley Integrated Health and Care. She works closely with Marlene Forts, the founder of Crayheart Community Centre. Crayheart has been at the forefront of supportive creative activities in Dudley High Street for families in the Afro-Caribbean community. Bounce Back has teamed up with Crayheart and I was interested to find out more. So today we have up to about nine people and um, these are migrant women um, who have uh, been through uh, crisis, uh, domestic violence and other traumatic experiences. So we come here every Friday to cook together because we think that this is culturally appropriate for women who have come from different countries to have to come here to do something that you know they they can connect with. Tell me more about um, the work that you've done previously with Bounce Back. So we were linked um, to Bounce Back Foods via our Dudley um, voluntary sector and they offered to train us in food and hygiene, uh, food safety and um, also um, they came to teach us how to make foods on a budget and uh, also nutritious foods. So, yeah, they were here around June. We had a three-week workshop where we had about nine participants from different communities come together to learn um, how to cook uh, foods, you know, just to tackle poverty but it was amazing the skills that we learned and how this has continuously then brought many people uh, apparently now we usually about up to 19 people come here to share that because an understanding of food is something cultural to so many people food brings people together so um, you know bounce back coming in and jumping on this we didn't know that it was going to take off like that but yeah so they provided us with many equipments to make it easier we have cooking hubs which um, actually cook very fast we don't have to spend the whole day cooking meals and provided us with pots and all the kitchen you know, kitchen equipment you ever want to use in in the kitchen, and it makes everything easier. And all the participants are able to. Um, I think one of the things that they really taught us was just cook on the table, where every participant is able to get involved and have something to do. So they've got their space where they do the cutting of the vegetables, and they they they, they, they get involved in at least each one. Each participant has something to do on the day. And usually 
I'm a, I love mindfulness, so I put a touch of mindfulness to it. When they're cutting the vegetables, we apply the five senses of how you feel, what you smell, what you, what, what you see, just to help them to focus. Because as I've said, they come from very traumatic, you know, uh, they've, had, they've been through traumatic experiences and focus is, they're far away from focus sometimes. So this really helps them to just be in the moment and enjoy and then eat afterwards, which makes it fun. A real sense of achievement, isn't yeah. it? And why do you think food is so important at bringing people together? Um, culturally, I think it connects. I mean, I'm going to connect this to the five worlds of well-being because there is a sense of connection that food brings as we eat together. We, we trust each other. It, it brings a sense of trust. Again, it brings a sense of belongingness. And it's it's a way of resting from, you know, uh, from the hard work or, you know, whatever you've been doing, you sit down and sit comfortably. So I think food is, is sacred in a way to me, to my understanding, because that's the only... It's very rare, like, in, in, in my upbringing, my parents wouldn't allow you to run around eating. You had to sit down comfortably. So in this day and age, really, food is used as a mindfulness skill to, to bring you to the present moment. Just sit down and focus on what you're eating. So I think, for me, that's why I'm thinking it's, it's very important. What a beautiful answer, Grace. Thank you for sharing it like that. What's your background? So tell me a little bit more about you. You've been talking about well-being, mindfulness. I'd love to hear more about your background. So I'm initially born in Uganda. I've come, I came to the UK about 17 years ago. And my background has been, has always been, I've always loved everything psychology because my first degree in social sciences and I majored, I majored in psychology. So I've, I've seen how this has been, I've been gravitating towards helping people to, to, to understand their life or understand life and also gravitate towards happiness. So my main goal always is to make people happy. I don't like to see people sad. So. Um, my other background is public health, which definitely involves prevention of disease and illness. And one of the biggest uh, public health problems right now is mental health. So I'm also a mental health first aider with um, MFA England. So that means that I assess and um, help people to acknowledge uh, how they they feel or you know in, in terms of their emotional health and psychological health and also encourage them to seek uh, professional advice and also encourage them to engage in other activities that are available in the community that might improve their well-being so that's that's my background how did you yeah. become connected with Crayheart? it's a very interesting because I was connected to Crehard via a client, a client of mine, a patient of mine. I received a referral to support this patient, and she was connected to Crehart. So, um, Marlene, the manager of Crehart, was the one interpreting for this patient, and who had been referred to me. 
and I was quite interested in what you know uh, she was doing translating for people so I you know I got interested in knowing what she was doing and I came into their community to see what they were doing and that way I found that she had a lot of skill uh, first of all in, in in dance science and using movement to optimize mental health so we 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 became close because my my interest is you know I, I've got a very soft touch to mental health and well-being and she had the same so that way we came together to form a project which is called a migrant new beginning because again because both of us are migrants we know the, the the challenges of living in a new country we know the challenges and the barriers that exist within you know um, moving or migrating to a new country so we have an idea and because we've we've overcome some of the barriers so we thought why can't we form something that can help many people overcome those challenges as well so that is how I came to connect with with Creeheart so Creeheart as Marlin mentioned um, earlier I didn't even know this it comes from creation of the heart so she created this from from the heart and um, she's very passionate about helping people overcome their barriers. You know, would it be barriers in, in mental health, barriers to education, barriers to learning, barriers to weight loss, or barriers to anything? She's she's just a, a barrier princess, I call her. <laughs> she, she would tackle anything, like, she has answers to, to, to everything, and she has... She's had answers to our community. She works with young people who I first observed when I first came, you know, to Creeheart. And I've seen a huge transformation of how she's, you know, just touched their lives, changed them around and supported them through. And, you know, it's amazing what Creeheart has done in, in Dudley. The, the two of you sound like a powerhouse <laughs> working together. Um, I love that image of just a barrier princess she just doesn't see them she just works through them she finds an answer it sounds like the pair of you have that mindset oh yes she 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 is amazing she is amazing and she does that very skillfully uh using a, a movement any form of non-conventional healing methods which which really work because the moment people walk into Kriheart it's like there's a sense of calmness there's a sense of belonging you know because it's it's a community that brings more than 10 nationalities being together in one room and and, and for me that's that that's amazing yeah it is incredible what does it mean for the people of the community in Dudley that this provision is there um so i think everyone each one of us is going to go through a mental health crisis at one point. So the people that we see that walk in here, uh, they're not strangers to mental health. And when they knock on the doors or when they see the word outside that we support mental health, that drives them into it. And it, it just gives you this you know, sense of wanting to do more for people because once they see that, you know, they, they come in feeling free and being able to express themselves to talk about this issue that has is surrounded by so much stigma. But once you're here, you, you feel a sense of belonging, like this 
you know, feeling that you're feeling, whatever you're fighting with or whatever you're going through, ceases to be alien because you are here and connecting to people that have been through the same and you, you see them thrive. So it gives people a sense of hope, I think, for um, there's much more that is, is needed to be done, but Krihati is like, knows the answer. So, yeah. It really does sound like such a place of hope for so many people. It's really inspiring what you're doing. Um, now, on the podcast, I always ask people, what is your favourite dish to cook or to eat or both? So, <laughs> I love rice in every form <laughs> it comes. <laughs> I've, I've had a chance to, I think when I travelled to England, uh, because it's a very diverse country, I've had the chance to eat every form of rice. <laughs> I eat pilau rice from India, I eat rice and peas from, from the Caribbean, I eat egg fried rice from China, <laughs> I eat, oh, talk about rice, but yeah, that's my main dish. I love cooking rice. And so with the meal drive today, there are going to be some, some meals left over. Where are they going to go and who are they going to be uh, benefiting? Yeah, so the meals, um, the participants are going to take the meals home because the participants that we support are definitely on low income. So having a, a cooked meal, you know, where they're not going to spend any money today that's going to be amazing. It saves on cooking for the day. So, yeah, the food will be going back to, to their homes and maybe even sharing with their families. Yeah. It's fantastic. And so moving forward, will you be cooking again next Friday? Will you be getting together with your women? Yes, we get together every Friday. <laughs> it's become very popular that... Uh, other participants are bringing in other participants like every day we have someone who brings someone over and that shows you how this has you know has been you know it's profound I never thought this was going to kick off like the idea was to introduce nutrition teaching people how to cook fresh foods and um, incorporate vegetables in their diet because I had seen that that was a very huge uh, migrant uh, problem because of how the food, the vegetables and fruits test different. So my idea was, because I always want to give out my own medicine, when I started to incorporate vegetables and fruits in my diet, I actually stopped suffering from, you know, uh, gut problems, gut issues. So I wanted to pass that on to the people that I am working with. And I also had got an understanding about how food actually contributes to our mental health. So I have that professional reflex about food that I want to share the knowledge. But again, that is what I had in mind. But then when Bounce Back Foods came along, they brought these recipes, which definitely had... The, 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 the idea that I had, but it, it just went on another level because this has incorporated the five wheels of well-being whereby we people come here, they take notice of what we are cooking by incorporating their five senses, they connect with each other. I have seen people exchange numbers, <laughs> you know, contact phone numbers. I've seen people speaking the same language and being excited that they found someone that 
shared, you know, they speak the same language with because we must also understand that loneliness and isolation is one of the big problems uh, around today. So people come here to connect, people come here to learn new recipes. I learned how to cook, to cut an onion, and that was amazing. I've never forgotten to cut an onion, you know. Grant helped, you know, showed us how to cut an onion, you know, in the chef world, and that was amazing, and I always wanted to do that in my kitchen, and other people learned that. It was so fun watching him cut his vegetables. So we learn new skills. We learn to incorporate, you know, food together and eating it together. And also we give because today what we're giving away, we're giving away the, the food that we've, you know, cooked and people are taking away. But when people come here, we give them advice while we are cooking, you know. So it's, it, as I say, for me, food <laughs> is sacred in that way. So you can imagine what we achieve in just standing around the table and doing that, but what we achieve here is exceptional. You cannot, you cannot find it, you know, anywhere. So I really want to thank Bounce Back Foods for jumping on this idea that I just thought was just about nutrition, but it has come out to yield so much, you know. Um, we're getting a lot of experiences from here, and I'm sure the women are going to be talking about the experiences and how they feel every Friday when they come in at Creehart Community. It's actually making me feel a bit emotional about everything you've just shared. It's great to hear what Bounce Back started. They gave you the tools and you've absolutely flourished. So thanks so much for sharing uh, all of your passion, Grace. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) A couple of the ladies who were taking part in the workshop at Greyheart shared with us their thoughts. Their names have been kept confidential. I come in cooking class, I think, near the two months uh, because uh, before I have a very depression. In class, uh, my depression very good. In the group, people in Africa, Pakistani lady, Afghanistan, Ukraine, yeah. I'm very happy in class because very enjoy. Yeah, cooking and another lady eating, speaking. Yeah, very. Uh, I have a very good time. It's it's like a family. It's like a house. It's it's your place. Now I'm waiting for Friday, and um, I'm coming here and feeling very good because uh, I was very scared from the people. But uh, when I I came here and to see the Grace and the other people coming here, I feel like I can face, I can talk, and I can laugh. Like that time, we forgot uh, our pain and uh, problems. It's two, three hours going like quickly. It's it's spending time very good together really i i'm happy to coming yeah it's great to hear what an impact those sessions are having thanks for sharing ladies
My Sister's Kitchen is a social enterprise community kitchen and bakery aiming to provide training, employment and a sense of belonging to some of the most disadvantaged women in Sunderland. I spoke to Joe Gordon about how it all started. So probably around about six years ago, I started on a social enterprise journey and always wanted to have some sort of community food project of my own. And uh, the journey's taken me quite a few years. So I think we're like fast forward six years now. And um, I spent a, a couple of years working as Sunderland Food Bank coordinator. And from there I met, it's the charity manager of Fiscus who had my sister's kitchen as a safe space for people who've been affected by domestic abuse could come along to. Some of the other service users that would use the space would be people who would come for welfare debt advice and they could come along and get the warming bowl of soup or a hot meal, um, something along those lines. So during my time um, as Sunderland Food Bank coordinator, I was aware that this space existed and about a year ago, myself and the charity manager decided to take what was a project away from her business and turn it into a social enterprise in its own right. And uh, we've just been on a, a journey for the last year of uh, getting ourselves established, trying to find our way. Um, our core um, service users are women. So we've been working closely with Wearside Women in Need, who are the main refuge in the area. Um, we've done uh, quite a number of other little projects along the way. So we've been running some cooking workshops with uh, children aged 7 to 14. So we do that during the school holidays. And we've been doing some outreach work as well. Tell me a little bit more about My Sister's Kitchen's mission and what you aim to do. So for all, we're a, a community food project and food is obviously how we, we pull people in and how we manage to engage with people. Is uh, Our main drive and ambition is to support women by improving their self-esteem, their self-worth, uh, just trying to, to help them with their mental health as they're maybe starting their journey of recovery, having left maybe um, a violent relationship or some form of abusive relationship. So it's kind of like being that caring, nurturing um, organisation, the people that someone can come to and feel safe but we actually use food as the kind of as the medium in order to to help people and why do you think food is such a good medium to bring people together i think everyone has to eat um not everyone knows how to cook not everyone knows how to bake um we've come across women recently who um they do have um, experience of cooking um having maybe had parents who could cook but they've kind of like fallen out of love with being in the kitchen, falling out of love with um, being adventurous and trying new recipes. So we've kind of like reignited that passion for some people to then have the confidence to, you know, go out and buy some ingredients that they've maybe never used before. Um, we've been working alongside um, a, a group where it's grandparents who are supporting their grandchildren and, uh you know, so we've got the, the grandparents uh, giving us some really good feedback to do with the fact that the children are getting involved in the kitchen as well. Is that more than grandparents? It is more than grandparents, yes. So we've just finished a eight-week programme with them um, and the feedback um, from some of the grandparents, you can just see the, the spark in their eye um, 
because the children are actively involved in the kitchen. It's been lovely. Oh, it warms my heart to to hear that. We featured them on series two of the podcast and I interviewed a couple of the grandparents. It's such an important space for those families. And to hear that they've been cooking together. Yes. How fantastic. So uh, we've been putting together recipe kits for them. So um, each of the sessions has involved me doing a a dem. Um, They've got to then eat the, the dem for their lunch, then take the recipe kit away and actually make something with the the grandchildren maybe over the weekend. Mm, Oh, how brilliant. Fantastic. And how did you hear about Bounce Back? How did that relationship begin? So I've always been an avid researcher of uh, different community food organisations across the whole of the the country. Um, So I came across Bounce Back. It must have been earlier this year. Um, and decided to get in touch and see if we could actually partner with them. So um, I really like the fact that you've got the the recipe portal. I think that's like a really important thing. I think that's uh, that's fantastic. And uh, I just I like the way how you how you tackle food, how you tackle the the cooking workshops. I think that's great. Could you explain a little bit more about the portal and who that will benefit? So uh, what I really like about the portal is that the fact that you just can type in the, a keyword like chickpea or lentil and uh, it can actually help you find a recipe that it could be that you've been given I don't know, a random uh, ingredient in a food parcel yeah. or we get a lot of fair share ingredients here at my sister's kitchen. So um, a good one that we frequently get is a, like a case of mangoes. So... Oh. It's like, what do you do with a case of mangoes? <laughs> so you know, having uh, somewhere that you can actually type a, a key ingredient in and get a recipe, I think that's that's really good, really beneficial. What kind of happens at my sister's kitchen is that when we get a fair share delivery in, we'll look at the products that we're being given and then allocate them to different groups that we we'll work with to kind of like make it best fit um, and kind of like nothing goes to waste. I've also seen on the website that you're looking at training opportunities and employment for women that you support. So one of our plans with us being a social enterprise is we do want to have an income stream. And that income stream for us is uh, we really want to tap into providing baked goods to some of the local cafes, restaurants, restaurants. via online so what we'd really like to do is to train up some of the women that come through our program to be able to kind of have their own little not so much a side business but for them to be able to make products that we can then sell um, and then from there be able to maybe offer more permanent paid opportunities paid working opportunities for people Um, so that's kind of our long-term goal. That builds such a positive outlook and potential future for the women that might be really struggling with their mental health or have come out of some really difficult situations. So there's, uh, we're already seeing that uh, how we've managed to support people is improving their confidence and just giving them back a little bit of a spark and making them realise that, do you know something, I am capable of doing something. And uh, it's, it is, it's, it's really great to see but uh, we are just like, we are making that difference. Where do you think your passion for food came from? Gosh, um, I tell this story quite often. And um, 
I can remember being six year old and on holiday in Barnstable down in Devon and Cornwall and spending all of my um, holiday money on a, a blue and white stripy apron from Timothy White's, which uh, someone said to me recently, Timothy White's, what's that? And I was like, well, there were a, like a, a sidearm of Boots the Chemist and it was a, um, it was just like a, a foodie emporium of where you would go and buy your bakeware and cookware and that kind of thing. So, and I still actually have this apron. No way! I have this apron at home. It's very faded, very small, <laughs> from a six-year-old Joe. Um, so, I think that must be just where my my journey into food started. And you said about baking. So, is that another part of the work that you do? Yes, yeah. So uh, when we started off with our um, cooking courses earlier on in the year is that we were very much focused on it was healthy eating, cooking on a budget. And uh, we decided that through some of the workshops that we did, that baking was actually proving to be very good for mindfulness. So we've kind of like, we're steering ourselves into 2023 along the lines of more of a baking workshops and then we'll like have the the cooking and the the health and um, nutrition and budgeting. It'll be kind of like secondary to the baking. Okay. That uh, it was just again something that we realised that when we were doing the workshops is that uh, the it really helps people be mindful with the weighing and measuring and kneading mm. and stirring. Mm. And what would you say is your favourite meal? If you could eat one thing, what would it be and why? Oh, I love, I love Indian. Um, I love Indian food and I love Mexican as well. So it would have to maybe be a fusion of both of those. Um, I would say as I've got older, definitely have a more of a savoury tooth than a sweet tooth. And what are you doing today? What's happening as we speak? I can see kind of a flurry of activity. <laughs> so uh, we're busy preparing it's some community meals that are going to be shared between it's uh Vinnie's through Newcastle and an asylum seeker project that we work alongside here in Sunderland so we've just spent the the morning there uh peeling chopping lots of different uh fresh fruits and vegetables so uh, there's an amazing smell in the kitchen now Oh, it sounds great. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today for the podcast and telling us all about My Sister's Kitchen. You're very welcome. I'll let you get back to work. Okay, thank you. St Vincent's Centre in Newcastle provides help and support for people and families finding themselves in need. Teresa Smare told me more. A lot of people locally know us as Vinnies. Um, We are a support centre, part of the SVP, St Vincent de Paul Charity. And um, we support people with food, with clothes, but we also support people around um, mental health, well-being, um, just trying to help people find their way back or whatever support they might need. Um, Our doors are open to help people. It sounds like the help that you provide can be life-changing for people. It is, it is. And in the future, we are looking to um, hopefully branch out next year to extra support around debt advice. Um, we're also hoping about starting a pop-up market around to support the cost of living crisis. 
A lot of charities have started this off now, and it's an opportunity for us to provide local people with some um, opportunities to buy food at a very low cost, clothes, perhaps second-hand clothes. Um, so it's the opportunity for people to come through the door, use it as a warm space, but also be able to shop economically when everybody is struggling so much. But hopefully it also an opportunity to connect the local community and being able to sort of access some of our services that they don't know already exists. So we're hoping to market that out to a much wider um, community as we do at the moment. It's fantastic. How did you get involved, Teresa? I first met St Vincent's and all the staff here when I came to volunteer. Um, I was furloughed at work during the pandemic mm. and I knew a few of the people who um, were involved in volunteering here and working here. Um, so obviously they were putting out um, a shout for volunteers, so I decided to pop along. I've always known about the SVP. My family have always been involved in, in the... Um, local community around the St. Vincent de Paul. So I thought it was a great opportunity to come and uh, use my time effectively during the pandemic instead of being stuck at home and uh, being stir crazy. So I came along, got to know everybody and uh, worked as a volunteer and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was just a great feeling of helping everybody. And then an opportunity arose and a job came up and I decided, oh, that might be a job for me. And I joined the organization back in July. So I'm quite a newbie, but I know the organization for, a, I've known the organization for a long, long time. And what's going on today? Bounce Back have arrived and I believe they've brought lots of meals with them. They have indeed. They have indeed. Loads of fresh food, loads of ready-made food that we can pop into our freezer, which is just going to be amazing. And hopefully tomorrow we have the Justice and Peace Project that runs from our centre. And tomorrow the asylum seekers and refugees will be coming in for support. So we're hoping to be able to help them and provide them with some of the meals. So it is fantastic for them to be able to get fresh food and some ready-made meals um, already waiting for them to take back with them. How great. Oh, just in time for a group of people who will really benefit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, I read that you also do Vinnie's pop-up lunches. Is that something that still happens? Yes, we on a Tuesday, we do um, Vinnie's Cafe. Um, it's a three-course meal free to anybody, no questions asked, and everybody's welcome. So have you noticed a difference in the numbers this year because of the cost of living crisis? Are you seeing more people walk through the door, different faces, different people? Absolutely, definitely. There's an increase. We also do emergency par food parcels. We've seen a massive increase in the demand for that. And I suppose for us as well, it's about the people coming through our doors and not just people perhaps who are not at work. We've even got people who are in work who are so struggling with energy bills mm. that are having to rely on coming along to eat or it just helps them to be able to go back home and put some extra money on their meter. So there has been a massive big demand for our support. So is the centre open every day then for people to just pop in for a chat? Or? Yeah, we're open Monday to Friday and currently at the moment we have a couple of um, drop-in sessions um, that we 
hire out, so AGUK come in and do line dancing for the, um, some of the elderly residents locally. Um, so at that point, people can't come into the centre, but predominantly the rest of the time it's an open door and we're actually registered now as a warm space. So what we're hoping to do after New Year is to encourage people to come through our doors, take a seat on the settees that we have, um, they can help themselves to teas and coffees, and we're even hoping to maybe have soup and a bread bun on offer. Um, and it's just about encouraging people to come along, and at the same time, we'll be able to tell them what services we can help them with. So hopefully um, we'll be able to help more and more people. And what things are you looking to do in 2023? You've touched on that a little bit already. I think the main thing for us is opening up our centre more as a warm space, encouraging people to spend more time here, engaging with each other maybe, people who are isolated at home. Um, we hope, As I said, we're hoping to um, start our marketplace every Thursday afternoon and also um, maybe looking to provide that debt um, mm. advice service that's desperately needed in this area and for some of our clients and we're hoping maybe we're looking out for a, another organisation or a partner maybe to join with us to, so that we can deliver it because it's very difficult for us to fund and deliver it on our own. Mm. Well, it's absolutely fantastic to talk to you and hear all about the stuff that St. Vincent's Community Centre offers. It's a real hub of activity and it sounds like it's really needed at the minute. Thank you so much for your time. You're very welcome. Thanks to Grace, Joe, and Teresa for sharing with us today. To find out more about Bounce Back Food and our outreach work in cities across the UK, check out our website, www.bouncebackfood.co.uk, and you'll find the show notes on our blog. Well, that's all for now. Thanks for listening to Share Your Secrets, a podcast by Bounce Back Food CIC. I'm your host, Miriam Rendell. And I'll see you soon. This episode is kindly sponsored by NA Legal, a modern law firm focused entirely on legal support for businesses and people in the property business. NA Legal solves problems for businesses and property investors of all shapes and sizes throughout England and Wales. Serving clients nationwide, NA Legal are the specialists in quick turnaround for commercial and business property matters. Their services have always been built around delivering results as fast as possible, making sure to always pull out the stops to meet your preferred deadlines.